Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast for the recently deceased. I'm Nate Roberts. Hey, I'm Rodney Godek. And tonight is episode <clears throat> 10. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I know. That's a milestone. It is, it is. Double digits, brother. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, soon uh, we'll be a teenager. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Tyler uh, number 10. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, two, okay. I don't want to say the word great movies, but I want to say two movies that were accidentally paired very well together, um, to, to be discussed, uh, together as they have a <laughs> lot of similarities, um, in, in concept, but very, very different films overall uh, also uh, one of the things that they that they did have in common was that they're ex- i feel like they're extremely polarizing if you go to imdb you check out student body um it has a 4.3 imdb um, pretty low even for horror it's got one stars all over the place 10 stars all over the place calling the one star uh reviewers trolls and mm-hmm. you know you know claiming art and all sorts of other things for the reason to give it a 10 so you know some people saying in their reviews that they would have gave it a seven but they gave it a 10 because they wanted to offset all the ones um so, uh, and then of course uh the netflix's texas chainsaw massacre requel um which yeah. once which once again I, I don't see a lot of people taking middle ground on this movie it's it's love it or hate it all over the place. For sure, uh, it was extremely busy weekend uh, in the Twitterverse as far as people giving their opinions, others chiming in on their own opinions, on other people's opinions, and kind of going back and forth. Uh, a lot of people that just wanted to kind of cool things down, be like, uh, you like what you like. For me, it worked. For you, if it didn't, cool. There's definitely people that felt that way, but there was plenty of people that wanted to just voice their opinions and vent and everything like that on what i think is has to be as far as like uh the original or classic uh slasher type characters leatherface is not top tier like i never saw any of the sequels (laughs) i only saw the original and i never watched any of them because it's always like those are going to be stupid because the original was like a piece of art and you're not going to do that again you're not going to recapture that essence uh, and so you're just gonna make a cheap slasher and it's like yeah whatever i never got into it i so i just never bothered if that excludes me from your conversation then then fine person but that's just the way it is right i i am actually in the exact same boat i i i watched the first one i i love the original um i checked out i think it was number three um starring matthew mcconaughey and renee zellweger and i pretty much only watched that because of the top billing like how do you not watch a horror sure. movie with those two people in it um and i and it was very forgettable i honestly can only picture a handful of scenes um besides that i was never into texas chainsaw massacre for me you know jason freddy uh, michael myers you know he was right. not you know i'm sure you know he has his place uh, you know among them chucky Candyman, etc but for me, he, he is he is not top tier, and right. and he's there. I know he I know he actually but... he actually is 
top tier. But right. I just no, no, I, no, 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 no. I just he's, never I just never considered him. He's not top tier. He's not. He's just there. All right. He's, he's just in there. a slasher movie, and he's done several slasher movies. Yeah. He's not top tier. <laughs> well, that's okay. So the, to me. <laughs> okay. All right. So we'll we'll talk more about about Texas later because we're going to start with student body tonight. Yeah. So went well. If you were hoping. You're gonna have to hold out yeah. and just wait. So like we all waited for that movie for a long time. So, Student Body. So, Student Body, uh, written and directed by Leanne Kerr, and they made a lot of um, a lot of buzz, a lot of big deal about a female-led horror movie um, with this mm-hmm. with this movie when it came out. And so, as we were saying in the intro, you know, before we really get into the meat of the movie. Lots of lots of one stars, and if you read them, they're one sentence long, and it it feels to me like a lot of like unfair bias, you know, incels just coming out of the woodwork to trash to trash <laughs> on this. Yeah, to, to, that's that's what I'm saying is like to just trash on this movie for no reason. Um, you know, they say like, "Where's all the blood?" and you know, okay. The kill, you know, they did some cutaway kills, but there was gore in this movie. It wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, it definitely wasn't goreless. Um, and then, you know, there was another one trashing on Harley Quinn Smith, and and, uh, and she, you know, she didn't have a lot of lines, but what she would did, she was, she was fine. She was better than fine mm-hmm. in this movie. So, um, you know, a lot of the of the bad reviews I feel were completely unwarranted. And, um, you know, I'll give my, my wrap up at the end, but, but, uh, yeah, that's, I just wanted to say that before we get started. Yeah, that's fine. Obviously, uh, like I said before, uh, and all of our conversations, uh, this is a spoiler laden discussion. If you haven't seen these movies, uh, I think that we would, I would say both of these movies are worth, worth seeing. Absolutely. Right. Right. So also if, um, before we start. The way I review movies, um, seven through ten is uh, will watch again and varying degrees of awesomeness. Right, one through four I will never watch again and and avoid stay away from these movies. Fives and sixes uh, I will not watch again, but I still think you should see based on the merit that I'll talk about. And and if you if you don't think you'll like it based on what I say, then you can put it in the don't watch category. But but fives and sixes, I think you should still see, and and we'll revisit those numbers later. <laughs> yeah, well, so, I mean, that's the thing that's interesting. Um, I've never dug deeply into how people rate, like, uh, and that's one of the things that's interesting with Rotten Tomatoes. And so uh, I don't know the criteria. And Rotten Tomatoes, with the people that do their tomato-approved critics right. that you see links to, those critics have their own pages and they have their own criteria. Sometimes they're from zero to five stars or whatever. Uh, sometimes it's to 10. Sometimes it's diff- something different. Maybe sometimes it only goes to four. Um, so do they say just fresh or rotten whenever they submit a review and then there's a link to their own review that has a different scale? Or does the quality that they give on their scale, if it's higher or lower than 50% threshold, it just gets that fresh or rotten by Rotten right. Tomatoes. Do you know? I don't. I don't know. And then Rotten okay. would do like an aggregate, like they have a hundred fresh and fifteen rotten. They just do the right. Yes, and way. and I believe that that's all it is. I don't think okay. it's doing 
ag- an aggregate with their own scores. I think it's just like, is it fresh or is it not? And, and then if, it's just like, the yeah, comp- if, And if that's the com- why it's such a poor yeah. tool to use. Sure. If the company writes a big enough check, they just give it a 98% fresh. and They're going to get a bunch of tomato-approved <laughs> yeah. critics to just fucking boost it up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I asked that just because... For a lot of reasons, uh, as far as what you see and what guides you, because things get tainted the way they are, like whether it was in IMDb or whether it's in Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes for student body doesn't have any t- uh, critics, tomato approved critics. There's no critic analysis. It's just audience score, which is sitting at 50%, which is kind of fair because it's sort of like middle of the road type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just wondering. So how in-depth, because I think we're both a little bit uh, on the weaker side of student body, how how in-depth do we want to go through the synopsis list that we can kind of give a broad strokes here? We yeah, yeah, we're going to have to we're gonna have to do broad strokes because I didn't watch this one yesterday like I did, I usually do, um, just so everybody knows, on Tuesday night when we stream, I watched both of the movies the day before on Monday, uh, or the day of uh, so they're fresh. Um, I watched it in body last Saturday, so we're talking like nine, ten days ago. Oh, really? Yeah, I can barely remember. Like, like I can, I'll remember as we talk about scenes. The scenes yeah. will come back, but I'm okay. not going to be able to lay this thing out, um, unfortunately. Well, so here's the thing about laying it out is that uh, this movie, for me, uh, we'll just get into it and we'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah, let's um, see how it goes. So, the uh, basic premise of Student Body is that there are uh, high school youths at the sort of prep school. It's a fancy tuition yeah. <laughs> revolved school where there's a crest and a and a and a, uh, a uniform. Yep. Uh, and it focuses on a group of friends, and there's a conflict where one of them is a all-star student and the others are kind of like whatever never-do-well type kids and they all fail the test but their one friend passes and they want that friend to convince the teacher to let them retake it but the teacher won't let them and so that causes the conflict and then Something happens where they force the girl to do something to compromise the teacher, and now chaos kind of erupts with uh, sort of a revenge plot. So here's the thing about this: you you know the whole story pretty much once you get to that beat in the movie. You know what's happened, like the oh, yeah. antagonist. You know who the person is. Yeah, I mean they don't even really hide it. Like they kind of have a sing, uh, like one red herring, but you he's you don't even think that maybe he could be it like you know oh the it, uh yeah. the other the, guy the, the other the, yeah the, the other guy yeah, yeah the actual yeah. mascot yeah yeah the actual mascot okay and, and so, they they play that off like like maybe but it's it's definitely the math teacher like right away right right so <laughs> for me i think that it was i watched the timestamps when i was viewing it and right around the 20 minute mark uh, the first 20 minutes nearly of this movie are all almost a music video and I really dug it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so what the, the big uh, difference between uh, student body and, and Texas is going to, we're going to talk about is the writing, right? The, mm-hmm. 
the character work of student sure. body and the lack of character work in Texas Chainsaw, right? Because they're they're both they're both pretty uh, vapid slashers, right? Um, so, but in student body, they spend a lot of time uh, setting up a pretty good story and trying mm -hmm. to make you care for the characters and 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 they do work and there and and there are some really good twists and plot points in this movie um was it great no was it good yes uh should you watch it yes so here we go right how does it start uh the right well, so the the, 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 the opening scene the opening scene is the one you just said, where they, where the, the the teacher explains that they all failed, and they're like, "You didn't cover this in class." He said it was in the reading. She, he puts a problem on the board. He he makes the smart girl go complete it. She completes it, so he goes, eh, "You all failed." She passed. Fuck you. And she's a real hard ass math teacher, right? So you've got in the in the click, right? You've got the the mm -hmm. bitchy. You got the bitchy popular girl. You've got the smart girl, right, or the pretty ugly girl, uh -huh. as they as they call her. Um, then you've got like the jock girl. You've got the class clown, mm -hmm. and you've got the nice yep. guy, right? You yeah. So so here and here's a, another thing that I liked about Student Body is this movie follows formula to a yes. T, to a T, and tried, in my opinion, to shoot like an like an old late seventies, early eighties slasher, like. Some scenes felt like the original Halloween to me. Well, even like uh, like any of the classic '80s movies, where it was like you know Breakfast Breakfast Club type style, Pretty in Pink, uh, those kind of movies where there's scenes with the gang, you know Ferris Bueller's Day Off, where there it's shot in a certain way. There's dialogue happening a certain way. That music track is playing in the background, yeah, and it's yeah. sort of just like entertaining, having fun, happy-go-lucky. And oh, you get a you get a, a day in the life of their day in high school in this place and they do that really well and it gives you really cool insight into each character yep. they flesh out all their little idiosyncrasies about how they interact with one another and things they like or don't like and yep. their home environments um and they each get a chance to shine with the things that they're kind of into or do and that happens throughout the whole movie and that is a redeeming quality of it right right the other thing that i think is really kind of a nice touch whether it's intentional or not, or it's just uh, the age gap between all of these actors in this film, uh, late late 20s to maybe not even 20, I'm sure, like, and they're playing high schoolers. And so, like, right. that's sort of a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it has to happen in, in Hollywood, definitely. Right. And so it's uh, interesting because, like, the, the lead girl that's kind of bitchy, like, you could see, it was like, you got bags on your eyes, kind of. Like, you, <laughs> you're not in high school. <laughs> yes, definitely not. Well, I mean, so Har I kind of like that. So Harley Quinn Smith was uh, was a teen in Yoga Hosers, and I that was years ago. So she has to be yeah, in her twenties. She's twenty three. Yeah, yeah, she has, she has to be in her twenties. Uh, the one nice guy's twenty two, and the the girl that I said looked a little bit older. She's twenty eight. I don't think anyone else is really outside those. Some of them don't have ages, so I imagine they're probably early twenties at most. From what I at least saw on IMDb. Right. So at any rate, so yeah, so they get into this issue where, and the teacher goes into this long monologue about a story about the fiddler and the prairie. 
where Fiddler encounters people building their uh, their prairie home. Yeah. It's this like long drawn out story. This Fiddler is like, I don't have any food or a place to go. Can I please have some food or stay with you for a night? And they're like, uh, no, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> they turn him away. And he uses it as like, life's not fair. Don't be a Fiddler. Build the prairie, uh, right. the home, and you'll be fine. And this test and you failing is an example. Like, uh, Jane got the test, uh, got the uh, questions right on the quiz, and so you're not retaking it. You should yeah. have not been a fiddler. Right, and that's and that's the that's his moral is what yeah. he says to Jane. He's, he says, Jane, don't, don't Jane, don't be a fiddler. Like your your friends are losers. They're they're dragging you down. You'll you'll never get anywhere mm-hmm. with with these kids. Um, and and she does. She does. She's like the the smart one who doesn't quite fit in, but she's in the gang because of the backstory, right? So Merritt, who's the popular bitchy girl, is the has the almost uh, like a mom type character to Jane, or at least feels responsible for Jane, and we don't know why. And it it unravels a little bit during the movie, and they don't actually tell us which. Um, like they allude to it and they give us enough information to put it together, but they don't get into the specifics and, and which I thought was fine because I actually don't think the specifics were necessary. Just the gist was, was good enough. Um, so, okay. So, but we'll get to that later again (laughs) as we keep going back and forth. Uh, (laughs) all right. So we, you know, the day in the life, right? Uh, um, Harlequin Smith's character is uh, a field hockey player. Um, then there's the mascot who like bullies her a little bit, and then the we got the funny guy who who likes uh, that character. So he runs out there to stick up for her, and the and the mascot punches him in the face. And we get mm-hmm. you know with some funny one-liners from from the aftermath of that. Um, you know we get uh, Merritt who's really trying to con jane into going after this math teacher because if she fails her if she doesn't get into some princeton i think uh yeah her mom says she won't get any of her trust fund right um, and she hates and she hates the mother that she has at home uh, yeah and then cause, we get because wait because they have the, the the their backstory is they have the same father correct i think so because here's what was confusing because i'm pretty sure that they dropped that early on that that was like their thing like it's not my father or something that they have the same right. father but the way that they shoot it they shoot jane like giving gaga eyes at Merritt like the whole fucking movie but is how it seemed to me like that she was fawning over her because right. i don't think it was uh ellis but so it's like for me it was confusing or ambiguous like uh. why is she like looking at her now, Merit, did, did I miss something? Yeah. Okay. So Mer- Merritt was definitely into the nice guy, and so was Jane. So that that was a a point of conflict. Um. And yes. Yeah, so the all right. So we'll do the backstory now. I guess. <laughs> Much later in the movie, it gets revealed that um because Jane loves the loves sitting in the forest and just being in there, um, which we find out early, we find out why, is that apparently her mom died in the forest to some accident we don't know what the accident was um and we don't know who was present or how it happened but we know that jane at least feels 
partially, if not wholly, responsible for this incident um, because of how the how it gets revealed by Merritt and Jane in an argument later. Um, it, it that's the only way all the everything that was said would make any sense. See, so this must happen at the end where they're having their conflict. This happens right? at the library, yeah, in the library, yeah. So it was at this moment that I was sort of glazing over, like, <laughs> okay, yeah, they're bickering, blah, 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 what's happening. Yeah. Because, and that's bad on me, but Sorry. I swear to God, a lot of the movie, it shows her looking at Merritt, like, they cut the cuts. And so I was like, what is going on here? Because it doesn't make sense. Yeah. At any rate. All right. So anyway, we go back. We go back. Now, Now, what? another th- cool thing is during this day in the life, every once in a while in the background, we hear an announcement from, uh, you know, someone who works for the school. And it's giving us, like, some some kind of plot device, if you were paying attention, yeah. that um, this new bulletproof glass is being installed. Right, and the security system, the cameras. Well, that, that comes later in a different announcement. So there's multiple announcements. That... Well, there's also the fact that the, the guy tests the, the, the bulletproof glass. The bulletproof glass, With right. the mascot where he has a sledge and it doesn't do anything. Right, right. <laughs> um, so, the, yeah, so there's, there's a couple of those thrown in there. So, naturally, the gang, um, you know, they're, they're the bad kids, so... They're going to break into the school and go swimming. Raid the gym teacher's... Yeah, oh, raid the gym teacher's whiskey, right. Whiskey, because they found out from the real mascot... The real mascot. Who's kind of a dick. Yeah. Uh, that he They found out that, that the gym teacher keeps eight bottles of whiskey in their bottom drawer. And so they're like, oh, he told me I'm going to go get it. Yeah. So, uh, but before that, real quick, um, through this uh, embellishment, let's say, that Merritt and Jane cooked up, they're going to go to the principal, and then Merritt's going to use her father's influence leverage to... Right, he's on to, the, the board, the, yeah, school, the school board. The school board. To get the principal to fire this math teacher, because he will right. not give up, give the retake. Yeah. Right, so Merritt needs to get into this college. Failing this test is going to stop that from happening, so she needs to blackmail the teacher because the teacher is unwilling to compromise to let them anyone retake it. Jane goes and tries to... They try to get Jane to blow the math teacher or have sex with the math teacher. <laughs> or, that doesn't or, go con- well because... or just convince him. <laughs> right, but I think it was it was implicit whenever they're like... Well, well, that's sexually what I'm so that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, because because they say like, oh, you we see the way you look at him, you so have she, a yeah, thing for him. Yeah, so <laughs> she so tries to like convince this, her that she's into it. This is this is one thing I really liked about the writing. It's like Jane is not a bad kid, right? Uh, uh-uh. she, you know, she, she she's like out. the good kid. She's she, just with these fuck ups. Yeah, but but she definitely lies, and you see her stuck, you know, rock and hard place kind of thing, and she. As teenagers would do, uh, once again, good writing, they make the decision to lie, right? So she she definitely right. is not necessarily the a good kid. Like, like she, she's implied to be, and she's pretty much obviously the final girl right from the beginning, but she definitely implies that she was assaulted by the math teacher. 
when yeah. he 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 just put his arm on her shoulder or his hand on her shoulder, and and yeah, he said he said some fucked up shit, which the principal even says, yeah, he said some fucked up shit, but he's a teacher. He said yeah, he, that he's he's, he's trying he, to teach you stuff. <laughs> he's expecting more out of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like... yeah. Um, so so. You know, maybe okay. You know, maybe you can't touch a student, and that's fine. Uh, but he definitely didn't assault her. <laughs> he definitely didn't assault her. And then Merritt, like, literally, lit- thinking like oh, some people are gonna hear you say, "Yeah, maybe you can't touch Like, <laughs> all right, maybe you can't like, oh, put your yeah, hand. You definitely can't. Yeah, maybe you can't put your hand on a student's shoulder. But yeah, Merritt, but, but Jane implies Jane implies he assaulted her. Merritt straight up says that she said he sexually assaulted her and and the and the principal is has no no choice but to fire him so so he does right yeah so he fires that all happens and so then they want to have a party they want to go back to the uh school to steal the uh, whiskey to steal the whiskey and then just like have fun at the school so they go swimming yeah so yeah they go swimming they get the whiskey, which they only get one bottle because the the guy must have he left a note saying, "Yeah, one for you, the rest for me." Yeah, and then he drinks and alone in his he drinks alone in his car all night. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. So yep. he, so yeah, they're just hanging out doing their fucking thing. Then they're swimming. Yeah, and this is where like uh, this, a few things is, kind of. Yeah, this is where it starts, right? So, Jane and uh, Elias, uh, right? Uh, I think it's Ellis. Ellis. Yeah. Uh, Jane and Ellis uh, have a moment, um, but she kind of gets distracted. So then, uh, Mer- or Merritt says some bitchy stuff and she runs off. Uh, so Merritt tries to hit on Ellis, and Ellis is just like, "You're a bad person." <laughs> and right. so, she, so Merritt gets pissed that she can't just have a guy she wants. So she storms right. off. Um, and Nadia in uh, French. Yeah, the right, are having so, their moment. Yeah, they're having he's their moment. He's getting shit faced. He's, he's totally shit faced. He's so yeah. he's, he's he's blasted. Yeah. And uh, and they're like real, real close, and she's clearly like you know trying to like get him to make a move, and she's yeah. and she uh, even goes so far as like, I don't have to say it, do I? Yeah. And he's how, like, how do you not know? <laughs> he's like, say what? Not know what? And yeah. like. so they go to kiss they're about to they're about to make out yeah yeah and he just you know runs off and ralphs yeah he gets sick right there and pukes on the ledge and she backs up she's like okay fuck off (laughs) yeah great so then he runs off to the bathroom to continue puking and we get the first kill uh this is where some would argue uh the movie finally started because (laughs) This is the thing with slashers. Some people are watching these fucking movies because they want to see the shit happen. Now, we can both appreciate storytelling and character development and sure. would warrant like would say that this is relevant and good filmmaking whenever you invest in the characters so that you care about what's going to happen. Right. So that makes sense and then we're okay with that. I would have I wanted this movie to now like turn the couple notches up and get exciting. Sadly, it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. So, it's a short movie, eighty-two, Three? eighty-three minutes. I can't remember exactly. Short movie. Um. So yeah, we've gone through a lot of story, a lot of character development. We get the first kill at this point. We're we're halfway through the movie. There's like twenty, thirty minutes of movie left, and it's 
he they've got like five people to kill so it's it it's gonna come quick um but in between each kill we still get a lot of dialogue a lot of running a lot of a lot of chasing a lot of mm-hmm. getting cornered and locking themselves in this room and then he shows up and they run into another room because they're in a giant school which right. we had mentioned there's new security, so they're completely on lockdown, and they can't break the fucking windows. <laughs> right. And the uh, whole idea of the killer, they don't know who the killer is because the killer is costumed as the mascot, mascot for the school, uh, Anvil Al from right. Allendale. And so all you see is the mascot, which is a stupid fucking mascot. It is. Just a, a guy. It, yep. It, it's, it's, a, it's a little creepy in some of the, sh- in some of the shots. Like, you sure. know, with the big smiley mask. Um the weapon is a sledgehammer, which I actually thought was kind of cool. Um, yeah. And and okay, so back to the first kill, right? It's a cutaway, the, a classic cutaway yeah. too. Bathroom um, stall. Bathroom stall. He comes in, sledgehammer comes up, goes into stall, and cutaway. Yeah. Um, you know, which you know, people who complain about that kind of thing, man, how many times have you not seen Jason kill someone? Like sure. the knife comes down, cut away. It's it's constant. It's it's a it's a thing. Um, it, it's, it's not something you get. To, yeah, it's yeah. It's not something you get to complain it's about. It's fair. Plus, like, what are you gonna do? Like, the movie has not been that kind of movie. You can't just all show some kid getting his brains splattered, <laughs> Negan right. style. Yeah. Because like, you just it's not that it's not that kind of a movie. Right. It's not meant to do that. So eventually, where's Frenchie? Where's Frenchie? They go looking. They find they find him, and yeah. uh, and this was pretty good. Like this was graphic. Like the the blood, the head, the body, like it's pulling around the drain. Yeah, yeah. They they did a fine job, you know, here with the body, which once again they usually do with the cutaway kills. Is the the body reveal is is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so now, um, because they're all, they've all been drinking and they're all teenagers. Um, once again, Harley Quinn Smith's character, Nadia. Yeah. Nadia is out for blood, right? So they all get because wet. because she thinks it's, it's the the mascot, the mascot, the guy that is the mascot, the kind of jockey guy that's been douchey right earlier to French because he punched him already. Right. It must be him fucking with him. So right. she's out for blood and thinks it's him. So. They start going running around the school. They all have one kind of like chintzy weapon. Um, eventually, they come face to face with him. There's like security doors. He's got a clicker. He clicks mm-hmm. the he clicks the door behind him closed. So they run. They all go through it except for Nadia. Nadia just stands there and lets it close. Turns around and decides to have a showdown with this guy. Yeah. This kill I appreciated. Um, once again. For people who are hating on Harlequin Smith, she's got a couple of lines in the movie. This is one of the scenes. She's got this is real emotion. She screams at the guy. She attacks the guy. She gets hit in the head by the sledgehammer. <laughs> Immediately. It's not very graphic. The the dead body makeup did a great job of the cracked skull, mm-hmm. or whatever, right? There's a little bit of blood. She's instantly dead. Okay. Any other movie would let characters get whacked by a sledgehammer tons of times. They'd have a big fight sure. about it. <laughs> no. You get hit in the head with a sledgehammer, you are dead. Once again, this is good writing. <laughs> mm. 
anyway. <laughs> well, but so that's the thing, like, where there's some things where they're being serious about it or more realistic, and then there's other things that are more traditional tropes. It's a little uneven, like, a little bit. Like, which, what's the focus, you know? What am I meant to care about? I agree with, like, the elements that have been good. They are good, but, like, it's still empty feeling. Oh, yeah. No, no, and, no, no. Once like, again. these things are happening. Yes, I know. And I'm just yeah. saying, like, yeah, they're happening. <laughs> I, I acknowledge. But but I'm still not engaged in a in a caring way. Like, these two characters did die. But, like, I and I liked them. But the the stakes weren't really there. It was just sort of events unfolding. The tension wasn't choreographed in a way that you were on the edge of your seat in any kind of way. Right. Um. Yes, I agree. The... The play-by-play -play is very much textbook, right? Mm -hmm. You're you you know the setup, you know the next scene, you know the next scene. There there's a there's like a couple twists in the in the in the story, um, which I didn't see coming, and and both of them I I really enjoyed. But yes, this there are no real stakes here. Um, as far as slasher go, it's very formulaic, right? Um, and that's why, you know, it didn't get a seven. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, okay. remind me, because you actually remember a lot yeah, more I'm, about I'm, the I'm movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to remember. <laughs> because, yeah, no, I think I remember, and you're, like, describing the whole fucking movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, now your goes, and now there's just the three of them left. There's Merritt, yes. Jane, and Ellis. Right, so they... They chill, I think, in uh, in in a in one of the rooms, or this is where they get to the library. Um, and eventually, Ellis kind of goes off on his own. No, it's a there's definitely a red room, a dark room. Yeah, um, yeah, yes. he's developing the print. Yeah, yeah, and they go in the dark room, and it's all like photos of them, or photos of Jane. Yeah, because he was uh, taking photographs during the. He took a photograph of her at the uh, front yeah. of the class when she solved the equation. Yeah. He took a photo of it, just sort yeah. of like in a snarky way. Yeah, and so but they're now all... he's looking at it like, oh, yeah. look, I am kind of into you. Yeah, so they're yes. all... <laughs> so they're all up there. Um, and this is where Ellis just gets whacked like like he wasn't even a character in the movie. Like, you know, this is like the, guy, the one character who just wanders off and you don't see him again. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, you do. He's, he's just dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Jane finds his body, though, runs back to get Merritt, then they run off, and this is where they get to the library. Mm -hmm. This is where the a lot of the backstory gets revealed um, about Jane's mom dying in the woods. It was an accident, but no more details are shared. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm your mom, Merritt says to Jane, like, crazily like like i'm supposed to, like she's so stressed out like this crazy yeah stressed she feels that she has teenager. to take care of her and yeah. look out for her and i mean you do there's a moment of sympathy for this for the the popular bitch character who like you've hated mm -hmm. up to this point um and then jane pushes her off the balcony and she dies <laughs> yeah this was this was probably my favorite twist uh yeah you know because it's like it was an obviously it was like an accident like i mean she obviously mm -hmm. meant to push her but she didn't mean to kill her um, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh 
and this is Jane, who's who's our who's our protagonist. She's our she's supposed to be our hero, but she, she you know she definitely lied to get the math teacher fired, and now she just killed her supposed best friend, half sister, whatever you want to call her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so now we're like we're conflicted, and and there's nobody left, so it's time for the showdown, right? Um, you know, she she st- falls down, she stabs him in the ankle with a pencil. So she gets to run away, right? And mm-hmm. she she does. Oh, she steals the keys um, from him. I think I can't. Yeah, this, this is a little so. fuzzy. This is a little fuzzy. Well, yeah, because they and then she gets stabbed in the calf, and so she's right. kind of so like, she's uh, limping and he's limping. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, she, she gets out. Um, they go to the woods, presumably where the the accident happened beforehand. Um, and I actually don't remember how this ends. Well, so the, you find out what's occurring because after she does the, um, the library thing happens, she goes back to the math teacher's room, correct? To confront him or when does he oh. has, she has a conflict with they, Yes. They had, yeah. Well, before the fight, right before the fight where he, she stabs him with the pencil, uh, which she actually now I think about it might have been in the thigh and not the ankle. She yeah because uh, they're they're both already hurt right yeah the they have they, get to... they have a conversation where he no 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 he she hasn't she hasn't attacked him yet and he hasn't attacked okay, her okay. yet because at this point he says you you can thank me later right. <laughs> essentially for killing all of your all of your dead weight um, and right. and and paving the path for your bright future. Uh-huh. And, he's commending and, her because yeah. she's she was a she was a hammer and a, right. She, she, she he references his story. Yeah, she yeah. did the right thing. This is what you had to do. She kind of uses this te- this moment or this moment he's having because she's not having it uh, to kind of <laughs> get to, to kind of get close to him. When she gets close to him, she attacks him, and because she attacked him, well, he's he's like, well, you ungrateful bitch. <laughs> I did all this for you, and now I have yeah. to kill you too. Darn. Yeah. Which okay, <laughs> um, which I thought was, I don't know, the way it was written with his motivations. You think he would have just let her go and just checked and see if like, would he would she have turned him in? I would have been probably right. more interested to see that ending where she sure. like just comes to school the next day, and tells the principal that. Uh, that that she made it up <laughs> and like let like lets him come back to school and right. like lives her life and l- he lives his life and no one ever talks mm-hmm. about it ever again um of course that's not what happened so <laughs> they get to the woods um uh, I, I once again i don't remember how she gets i mean i know she gets the sledgehammer somehow um because there's yeah a, well there... she she climbs a tree and then she jumps down on him ninja style yeah Grabs a sledgehammer and just, just goes to town. Like you want to talk about, like there hasn't been a and lot. This of... was a really cool scene because this is like each she does all these swings. Now, in fairness, she's not swinging a real sledgehammer. Right. She is incapable of swinging the sledgehammer this way. I'm watching her. I'm like, you're not gonna, you're gonna fucking hurt your back if you try to do that. That's not. <laughs> that doesn't have five or eight pounds of sledge at the end of that fucking stick. It was a little annoying to me, uh, but she's. <laughs> Each time she hits, uh, blood spray on the face, and then oh, she goes yeah. again, more spray, and like, and it keeps happening, and it's oh, very yeah. convincing and very gory in a awesome kind of way. 
it was a great effect because it just right. kept getting wetter and redder yeah. and wetter and redder. And it was I great. That part. It was great because once again, it was realistic. And I think all the kills to this point have been realistic, although not so gory. But right. we, you know, we do get some gore delivered in this final kill. And yeah, and it was sort of like the catharsis of like her character just venting and like you know, just like uh, well, right. shedding the skin of you know whatever like uh, she had achieved or gone through. It's the whole final girl thing, like right, right. Well, she, yeah, I mean, she well, she, she she had just gone through not only you know fighting for her life, but you know what's she, funny? We're talking was... final girl, and we're gonna be talking about Texas Chainsaw, which the tour the term yeah created by a woman that was writing about texas chance on asker right <laughs> uh also i mean more more similarities between the films as well right sure um so how does it end we get her she dragging the yeah, yeah it cuts well it cuts to the actual mascot um get He's waking waking up in his wa- car waking up in his car his SUV. There's uh, two other neighbors that are like, one's on a jog, one's yeah. getting the paper at the curb, and they look down the road, and they're all looking puzzled. You don't get to see what it is yet until it cuts to Jane, Just bloodstained, covered in dragging blood, dragging the anvil, or the, yeah. Um, the sledge. Yeah, dragging the sledgehammer, and then, uh, and then credits. Yeah, cut uh, to credits. Yeah, so it was a good movie. It was a good movie. Um and I, I gave you the rating system before, uh, because because both of these movies are so so uh, um, <laughs> just like all over the place on the spectrum. So I wanted you to to fully understand how I rated this movie, and that is and that is that I give it a five as a That's movie. Was, as, yeah. as a, as I, a, I was gonna yeah, as a, I was as gonna a, give it the same. So I give it a five as a movie. <laughs> As a movie, and then, and then, for the writing and the twists, because there were there were two that I really enjoyed, um, I do give it a six. So I, it still doesn't make it to the seven where I'm going to watch it again, but it's still right. right right in that sweet spot where I think you should definitely check it out if you think if you one if you like slashers, two if you think you'll enjoy this kind of like uh, young adult horror slasher dramedy with yeah i with, could see this it, being like an intro to horror type movie yeah you're yeah not really into it yet but you're dabbling into it it's it's it all work for you yeah it's also like it's also very woke in this in this time of wokeness then it, and it doesn't it doesn't like shove it down your throat and like make it this like it's just very subtle and casually like you know everybody's represented and and and, and uh-huh. it's 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 done it's done very well I, I, on all fronts um so my favorite part uh there were four uh unnecessarily sexual uh one-liners and jokes uh, delivered by M- Merritt. do you oh. remember them no i would have said and i you. love them i want to use them Oh, okay. But I feel like I wouldn't be allowed to use them because I'm not married. Right. Uh, so, first one is uh, she says that her mother, Kathy, if she finds out about such and such, is going to uh, nail her labia to the <laughs> dining room floor. Right, like, right. Where did that come from? That was like, yes. that's weird. That's a that, weird thing to say. 
I know, I know, I know all the lines you're about to say. Go on. <laughs> uh, the next one was uh, I think she was talking to Jane. Jane was doing something. She says, "Chill your clit." Chill your clit. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, the next one, Jane was being uh, sort of weak sauce about something, and she tells her to grow a uterus, which yep. I think is an awesome dig when because it, it's sort of like a female version of saying uh grow some balls grow some balls yeah <laughs> it, it's awesome it's perfect yeah. grow oh, a yeah. uterus and the last one which i thought was great which i think i will use is uh she's frustrated something doesn't go her way or something bad happens instead of saying god damn it she says suck my tits <laughs> it's so unnecessary but yeah. i love that one <laughs> all four of those are just weird uh they were a good comical relief for me <laughs> right so yeah so once again to the writing leanne kerr written and directed um you know for your first time out like i i would be proud i think the movie was was if it was my first movie oh shit yeah. shit i mean <laughs> well, what a yeah. what a first yeah what a first yeah movie. i agree i agree with the five i would never rewatch uh rewatch it but um i can see redeeming qualities of it it wasn't absolute garbage I did like I loved the first twenty minutes because I liked that sort of um, referencing. It made me think of uh, I don't know if you're a fan of Three O'clock High, but I am a huge fan of Three O'clock High. I don't know what that is. Holy shit! We should watch <laughs> Three O'clock High together someday. <laughs> right. It's a great. It's just um, weird. New guy comes to school, uh, and dorky nerdy kid accidentally touches this guy and doesn't know you don't touch this fucking kid. That kid vows that morning, me and you, three o'clock, we're fighting in the parking lot. And so the whole day is spent, this kid trying to get out of this impending fight from this badass that is going to kill him at the end of the day. And it's awesome, the lengths that he goes in. It's just, it's hijinks. And it's just right. one day. It's it's perfect. Sounds yeah. good. I highly recommend it. So, all right. Okay. Are you ready to move on? After nearly 50 years of hiding... Leatherface returns <laughs> to terrorize a group of idealistic young friends who accidentally disrupt his carefully shielded world in a remote Texas town. Um, directed I, I am by so excited. Da- <laughs> directed David by David Blue, Blue Garcia. Garcia. <laughs> David Blue Garcia, whose um, credits include Tejano as director mm-hmm. and cinematographer... On Bloodfest. Now, I have not seen Tejano, but Bloodfest was awesome, and I don't know how much credit a cinematographer should get, but uh, but good job, buddy. That was a great movie. Okay. So, <laughs> I don't know where to go with, te- with, with this film. Like, I mean, there's so much to talk about, and I feel that you have to talk about intent with this. I think that you have to talk about the production woes that this film had okay. and potentially might have had that wasn't really – so, like, this was originally um, going to be directed by two other dudes who quit a week into filming. Mm. They were on set for one week, had creative differences with uh, Lionsgate, I think, is uh, one of the production companies, okay. and uh, – 
they split, so then this guy had to come in and take over. So everything was already baked in. The script, the screenplay, it's already locked in, and now he reshot everything that they had already done, and that's where things went. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I, yeah, I was. I feel sh- like that. I feel like that has a lot to do with how I interpret the movie, uh, okay. or how I see it, and it gives me more adjustment to how I want to, uh, how much consideration I want to give because, um, this is currently. Uh, I don't know how, how does popularity work on IMDb. It's currently rated at a seven. Like it's it's up there. People are talking well, about. Well, it. That's what everybody's talking about. It just came out, right? But it's got yeah. a five. It's got a five overall rating. Uh, five point You know, Student Body had a four point six. Once again, a completely polarized movie. It's all ones and tens. Like there's, you know, people are not calling this movie middle of the road. They're like, yeah, I loved uh, it and right. I hated it. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, I will say, however. 105 critic reviews, 30%. And audience over 500 ratings, 33%. So, yeah. on the whole, negative experience. Oh, yeah. Uh, sure. If you, if you capitalize everyone's opinion. So, are you, let's say, okay, are you on the camp uh, for your positive, more positive feelings or more okay. negative feelings? All right. If you are balancing... Lady, blind lady justice. All right. Where are you at? Generally, generally, overall, this was a bad movie. Um, but uh, I still enjoyed it. Um, and I didn't enjoy it in the way I enjoy like a horror comedy. Uh, you know, I enjoyed it for the gore. Uh, I enjoyed it for the the character work. Of just like a couple random performances, um, you know, I I I really enjoyed the the final girl. Um, I enjoyed the 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 rednecky guy, right? Um, Richter. Richter. I'll see you at the party, Richter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed Richter. Yeah, uh, who I, the fuck I, is named Richter in Harlow, Texas? Yeah, I actually, I actually also liked Melody, uh, the sister. So I did, I did like both of the of the. Ew. Main... Yeah, yeah. I, I, okay. So now, now, now. What? Well, let me tell Nobody you. Nobody what... liked Melody. Oh, you liked her as like being an awful person. I liked her as like as like her character was was the only character with a moral uh, standing, right? Like so. When the first, when it happened, when when the the action begins, and she cares about this this woman's life, the fact that she died, nobody else cared, right? And she was the only driving force to leave the town, right? Even the the final girl had decided that she's fine staying, and Melody was like, "No, we're getting the fuck out of here now." So she was she was like the only uh you know driving force of good if you will throughout the throughout the movie. I don't know if that's accurate but okay. It it, it I I think it is. I think it is because okay. well e- even the final girl is not necessarily um a a good character, right? She she uh wanders I off. I don't think I I in fairness, I don't think anybody is a good character. I don't think there are really characters here. 
Just... In a lot of ways. Yeah, they're 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 kind of caricatures. So before we get into it, okay, yeah. so I kind of want to lean on this is a good movie. Okay. All right. <laughs> but I'm not really sure why I feel that way. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I want to perceive it in a similar way that I perceive *Malignant*. A little bit. Sure. But sure. I don't because it's it's like I like we said earlier at the start of this. Leatherface. To me, I don't give a shit. Right. Right. So. The whole canon, rebooting the franchise, like Halloween and Halloween Kills and now Halloween Ends, like I that's more near and dear. It has more history. It has more meaning. It has more something, uh, you know, history and, and lore and involvement. And Leatherface doesn't. Leatherface was just one of a handful of cannibals from a first movie that had a lot of other things that it was about, but it wasn't really... You know, he was sort of, he was the the symbol that people saw for, to make more movies of, like the bad, the big bad, but it wasn't really about him. And so, like, it was sort of, like, cheap movie-making type stuff to make him, like, the bad guy. So, he doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. And so, I think that if you're making a movie, like, I think that the filmmakers are acknowledging, like, this is a garbage premise, so let's just have fun. And if I'm perceiving this movie in that way, then I'm kind of into it. And the things that they do that seem so stupid, so absurd, so schlocky, so cheap, I kind of think are entertaining because that's all that it's meant to be. It's just a set piece to let him do some crazy shit and be hyper-realistic and hyper-gory with it and just have fun. So I think that he's, like, clued in, like, that's all that this is supposed to be. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's all it was, whether it was supposed to be that or not. Um, it was a straight-up gore fest. I mean, you... The kills start ten minutes into the movie. There's almost no exposition. It's, we're college-age kids buying a town. Why? What? <laughs> College age kids buying a town, and they're we we're gonna auction it off to our hipster friends, and they're gonna open, you know, donut shops, Fucking and people art are gonna, gallery. I was yeah. like, not And people are gonna drive seven hours from the airport to to visit this town. In your Tesla without any charging stations. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, okay. So the premise we we you know obviously is completely ridiculous, right? Um, but okay so okay so if that's the case why aren't we viewing it under the same lens that you view malignant because malignant starts off this is a fucking joke right okay well i mean i think feel like malignant used tools to show the audience that it was a joke and that's, yes and texas was playing it straight and seemingly yes the only movie in my opinion that played it straight that was completely ridiculous and hilarious and pulled it off. And I said this once before in episode something early snakes on a plane. Cause they didn't play that for camp at all. And it still to me came off completely hilarious and it was played straight the whole time. And whether they intended on that or not, whatever, that's how I enjoyed it. Um, 
Yeah, so this movie is playing it straight, and I'm not laughing. I'm not getting the joke. <laughs> I'm going, uh... I hope he kills someone soon, because that's the only way I'm going to gonna get some entertainment out of this yeah and i think that that's what's that's what's so funny about it um i think it's just so clear that everything about the movie is just set up where it's like shitty people doing shitty things and now a lot more shitty people are here and it's like oh this is gonna be awesome to watch all of these people get obliterated by this dude that is hell-bent on tearing shit up yeah and if I had so, to, it's a weird fucking movie. It is. It is. And and if I had a complaint, um, which I have a handful, but like my main complaint would be that he that they could have taken their time. Like this was this was another eighty nine minutes or eighty seven minutes. They could have. Why? Why didn't they let him scatter from the bus? Why didn't he have to chase them all through town? Why? Why did he have to kill so many of them? I mean, the bus scene was cool. But they could he could have killed like ten of them on the bus and it still would have been cool. Yeah, but you didn't know any of those people on the bus, and so you didn't yeah. care. So really, the, the yeah. only the tight knit group between you know what Ruth, Dante, Lila, Melody, and Richter were yeah. the only ones that you cared about. So like, there's only a couple of them. I know, I know, I know. I'm nitpicking. I just think that they could have done some really cool cat and mouse style jump scare kills in all these stupid buildings all scattered throughout the town before he went back to the main characters who have now att- attempted to secure their exit and are close to getting away uh, for the showdown, right? So that's the thing that I, I agree. And it's similar to uh, Student Body in, the, in that way where it's like the, the tension, the stakes, the on-the-edge-of-your-seat action beats of what's occurring with the characters with this force of nature that's after them they're not there yeah it's just it's just things are transpiring and you just know yeah he's gonna go kill all these people there's not a lot of surprises or twists or turns you're just waiting for it all to happen and unfold and you're hoping that it'll be entertaining when you see it and it is entertaining when you see it it is it is this is definitely some of the best gore i've ever seen uh some really Interesting kills with a chainsaw. It's not like it's interesting kills overall. Um, I mean, there were some non-chainsaw interesting kills, but like um, they they definitely he he the amount of things he throws with the accuracy he throws them is crazy to me. I love like like when he hits uh, Melody with the hammer, just like he sees her on the stairs and just throws it. Right? Yeah. He uh, yeah, which the, which was I did not see that coming. Yeah, I that didn't see that cool. coming. Because he's the, just at the top, it's a standoff, and yeah, yeah. he's just like, whoop. He's got and the chain. Like, yeah, later he's in the he's in the road. He's got the chainsaw. The car comes out. He throws it at the car, runs away. <laughs> like that like, was the moment where I kind of was yelling at the screen, like, "How are you swerving and not hitting him direct?" He just threw a fucking chainsaw. It's just a small power tool. It's yeah. not going to do anything to you. It's going to bounce off your car. Yeah, and you like swerved like he was a goddamn deer. Yeah, it was stupid. Yeah. So he, you know. <laughs> I mean, he's got bad skills, right? With the, here's the other thing that people talk about, and you have to ag- acknowledge, 50 years have passed by from the first movie. Right. He's, at earliest, 70. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they turned him into now a supernatural being. Sure. When there was no reason to. 
that he's not a supernatural man. You don't get to fucking cash in on the fact that he's this force of evil that can't be stopped, a la Michael Myers. Right. That had history. That was defined in the first movie. He was shot and shot and shot and disappeared and went away. It was presented and established. He is otherworldly. He's a presence of evil through Dr. Loomis and everything you saw on the screen. That created that character. With Leatherface, he's just a demented fucking dude that was in this house with a fit, terrible family doing the bidding. Right. So, well, it's disingenuous. I mean, they're setting up for the sequel, right? Like, I mean, even the end, like, the, he didn't right. die. He didn't die. And then he Yeah, def- I know, but this is like, he definitely should have. The... He definitely should have. <laughs> like, oh, you, I don't know if you might not have noticed. I fast forward past the credits. There's a post credit scene. Oh, is there? And not like Marvel, where it's halfway through the credits. It's after all of the fucking credits. Okay. Which I don't even think Netflix would continue playing. Netflix has already gone on to preview three other movies by the time these credits are done. Absolutely. You're already watching Ozark Season 4. So this has gone to... uh, It just shows him walking back to the house. His house. The original house. I think. I think it does. It's hard to tell. It looks like it is, but... Is it a house in the middle? Saw... It's a house on yeah. a plane with nothing else around yes. it? Yeah, it's the house. <laughs> the, the, you're describing every house in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so him, his mobility, his agility, his strength and all that just doesn't make sense. It, I get it. Yes, you want to create sequels and more things like that. But it's like it's you're creating a new character. You're trying to cash in on this original art that was made, and you're trying to revitalize it, just like Scream has been and Halloween has been. And it's just like you know, if we're talking requels, this is definitely the lowest. Oh, definitely. I had fun, but like it's just they just do so many screwed up things with the character. It was it was definitely fun to watch, and the the the, the, pro, the problem with the movie is that there was no story. They had a premise on how to get the people there. They had an idea on how to set him off. Um, uh-huh. and, and then every scene is a kill scene. Kill scene, kill scene, kill scene, right. kill scene. Action beat, action beat, action beat, action beat, action beat. Yeah. And, and then there's no one left to kill and the movie ends. I, it's... It, that's just it. Like, it's... The way we did the beat by beat for, uh, for Student Body... It's almost impossible to do the beat by beat for this movie because nothing happened. We right. could literally just talk about the the order he killed the people in and talk about the kills. That's all we I, can I wrote do. that. I wrote the order <laughs> that he killed the people in because oh. I was like, oh, it'll be important to keep track because there's not well, many it, people. It's the only way to, to do a beat by beat. <laughs> it's to right. do the order he killed everyone in. Okay, so <laughs> before we get into the kills and the fun parts, let's, let's talk about the things that are happening that lead to that, right? Sure. With the characters. Because so these the are the things that seem kind of fucked up that a lot of people are upset about because you're including these aspects of the film, but you're not fleshing it out. You're not getting into it. You're not trying to make a commentary on these. So the biggest red flags. So uh, Lila, the sister mm, the final girl. of Melody. Yes, the final girl, uh, is a school shooting survivor. Right. And she's got the scar to prove it. She's got a, a bullet wound. You see a shot of her laying down, thinking she's going to die with other fucking kids that have already been gunned down from a school shooting. And she's sort of talking with Richter 
uh, in town and sees his assault rifle, his AR, and she's sort of grasping and processing some things, but she can't touch it. She freaks out. But then by the end of the movie, she's wielding a fucking shotgun to resolve the conflict that was presented. And that's all that that whole idea is even that's the only time that they spend with that. And it's never addressed in any other way, shape or form other than those three little snippets. The fact that the cutaway to the surviving, the interaction with Richter's gun, and then now she's holding a shotgun by the end. Uh, and it's I, there's the one moment with Richter at the gas station, right, with the, with the sister kind of. Yeah, she speaks up. Yeah, about the, gu- the, the gun yeah. on his hip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Which is more so, like, just meant to, like, define these are shitty uh, liberals that think it's offensive to care- to open carry in a state where you can open carry and whatever. So, right. like, they're getting you to, to hate her, obviously. Uh, or or not. Or they're getting you to hate Richter and to, and decide with her right out the gate. It, it's, uh, once again, the, it's a polarizing movie. <laughs> like, right. I can't, so, say, I can't say this enough. <laughs> but I feel like the way that it's handled, it's very clearly that she's being douchey. Because he didn't do anything wrong. And I think that overwhelmingly more people would be like, what the fuck's her problem? Like, yes, we get it. Like, I might not like open carry, but there's no need to act like that when you're at a gas station. Especially when you're, like, on your way to a town. You're going to be interacting with these people to create your empire. I agree agree that 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 initial scowl when she was being a jerk. But as soon as you realize that... That she, that the sister was the victim, and that's why she was doing it. You that that's you, why she was doing it. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. No, that's, no, she, she, she was, was doing it because she's a bitch. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> okay, so 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 so, what do you think about the the being the 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 shooting sir, uh, a, like a Parkland fucking survivor? How do you feel about that being? So shoehorned into the movie because it's kind of what it is. Okay, so yeah, it's it's def it was definitely shoehorned because it was never a struggle for her. Um, it it was a struggle for her in an inconsequential scene where she's just hanging out with Richter and we get a little more character development, but she never has to actually overcome this uh, this PTSD right. to to wield the weapon. She just wields it. Um, yeah. Right, you you, the character growth was was written in there, but we don't see it. Um, we're supposed to see it. Uh, it's called the hero's journey. You know, and she's supposed to be confronted with it multiple times and reject it multiple times before she accepts it. And so none of these things happen in this movie. Um, Again, and I'll just quick side note, this is why I don't want to put shoulder a lot of the blame to the director. Right. No, no, no. You, because we can't. this was already baked in, yeah. screenplay-wise. Sure, you sure. Know? This sure. was we'll, not his, that wasn't his choice necessarily. We'll, bl- we'll blame Chris Thomas Devlin instead. Who <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure I looked, and I don't see a single fucking writing credit for this guy. Like, well, how did this guy write this? He hasn't done shit. Unsolic- I really don't know. <laughs> Unsolicited submission to the Netflix uh, department, and then I know, yeah, and they're just they're just buying up anything. <laughs> yeah, just, whatever they produce. can get their hands on, they'll produce anything. Well, well, time. dude, it was number three all weekend. It's number four today. Like it's top Pe- ten. Like Pe- and 
people are going to watch it and and yeah. people are going to watch it more than once because there's no it's it's brain candy there's it's there's n- no substance yeah, it's popcorn just no yeah you you don't have to pay attention to it it's background noise um you get a you get a lot of good gore and a lot of good kills and if that's why yeah. you watch horror if that's one of the reasons you watch horror then yeah add this movie to your collection um, but yeah so to your point yeah so like you're right they don't show any of her journey is no. it fucked up that it's included then as a plot device. Right. Is so, it exploitative of okay. those kind of tragedies? Right. So we all know about the smoking gun, right? So if you introduce it um, in the first act, it has to be fired in the second act, right? So we see this we see this bullet wound, and she gets a... During one of the altercations with Leatherface, she's like stuck, kind of PTSD frozen on the ground, and her flashback opens its eyes it says get up and then flash took present she gets up and runs uh which was a actually a little interesting um why we didn't get that same sequence again later when she was wielding the weapon or before she had the choice to wield the weapon give me the, the quick flashback and her her ptsd frozen self could tell her to fucking grab the gun or die you know like give give me something they gave us nothing right in yeah. fact in fact you t- you mentioned the shotgun you didn't mention the ar she comes out with the ar and pulls the trigger and nothing happens <laughs> right yeah cuz she, she has no it. idea how to use right. a, a right. weapon so not only does she wield one gun for no reason other than survival for no payoff yeah for, yeah for, with, uh, without pay, without payoff but she does it twice so and see there's so many different ways to read the scenes and like it's you question like <laughs> and it's because the reviews just like we said like the way that I read how Melody acted about that uh how there's going to be people that view her trying to shoot the AR and be like yeah that is that's a dumb fucking liberal that doesn't know how to use a gun cuz you're so, stupid yeah. some people are going to see, see that you, some <laughs> guns are good guns will protect you from a bad guy with a gun, or in this case, a chainsaw. Right. And so you need to know what you're doing. So that just proves you are an idiot. You better be prepared. Like, right. And it reinforces the whole point of certain people and the, the right. beliefs that they have with the Second Amendment. And it the, solidifies and, it. It's like it's, it's speaking on their behalf. Yeah, and they're doing it through a character who has a bullet wound from a school shooting. Yeah. Who, who should be on the hero's journey. Right. Uh, so... Yeah, okay. It's so bizarre. It's just it's it's, it's so the, bizarre. The movie is all over the place. It never it never knew what it was doing besides killing extras. <laughs> like that was the movie's main job and it and it did it well. Um it didn't do anything else. It didn't tell us a story. Um you know, it didn't uh it didn't teach us anything. The characters didn't even learn anything by the end, right? Like, which is the which is the big miss, I think. Um, okay. Yeah. So, before, <laughs> the one other so we did we did the, the Parkland uh, shooting thing, and I apologize for saying Parkland shooting. It's just it's the one that sticks out in my mind. Right. School right. shooting survivor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Technically, we were both I, in high school or right around it when Columbine happened. So for us, that was really like the landmark. Right, right. This whole thing. No, that's that's very true. Yeah. Uh, so how do you feel? And there's a this this is also very uh, 
toxic conversations related to this this aspect. Um, there are two black characters uh, in this film, and they start to kind of touch on very uh, questionable racial subjects. the The Confederate flag is up, Confederate and that sort yeah. of is a um, is the the impetus for certain actions to occur in sure. Leatherface's ward's home. Uh, and then there's the fact that like they're sort of gentrifying an area of Texas through financial means and the the main dude that's doing it, Dante, African American, and the uh, the loan officer or the banker, also an African American. Like there have been people that are talking about the fact that it, there's two African American people that are being the ones that are leading this kind of thing to occur. That it is sort of tinged or saturated with this racial tension right uh it's imbued into it and and so you need to see it with that lens and try to interpret what that means all right i don't read it a lot into that <laughs> but that stuff is out there and those are intentional choices to have those characters doing those things no so it's, perhaps it's, it's that's true. A valid i'm gonna say that <laughs> uh all right and i get this is touchy i'm not making oh, yeah, this yeah, yeah. one right no, no, no. but it's out there right right okay the confederate flag was i thought not the best choice, but a fine choice for, um, you know, the impetus to go into the premises to get up and out, right. To get the flag down. Um, I, you know, I like his reason for doing it. If the investors see it, they'll never get, they'll never give us right. any, like we, it wasn't and, that he was triggered. Right. It was that he knew that this is just not a good look to elicit the right. response from the people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and obviously it would have triggered him uh, or anyone, really, anyone who who looks at that flag and goes, "What the fuck is that?" To like, you know, we live as a up... person that owns a business yourself and a person yeah. that has worked for a business. There's certain things that, whatever your feelings personally are, you yeah, just it... know from a business perspective, this has the chance to cause varying right. reactions very positive very negative so right. you don't want that as part of the equation so you just eliminate it and yeah. i think that that's all that, that had to be that yep. section thing was just yeah to get him in there to get him to in cause there. that to, to get things rolling and and it was fine and and to, and his character didn't take it personally his character was doing right. it for the business yes um and then and and then i'll say as far as the the banker and and whomever else arrives on the bus I think, you know, you use the word gentrification. I feel like gentrification is mostly referred to when, like, white people move in and take over the neighborhood. Right, and, and but dude. I think, I, I think in this case, it was more like, uh, you know, trust fund 20-year-olds. Right. Tr like trust, a, fund, like a, trust fund hipsters, let's say. Like a cultural yeah. or, uh, or yeah. Gen Z gentrification. Uh, yeah, so because, because it was very diverse – there was, I think, there was more women than men, right? Like they definitely played to the quote unquote, you know, minority in 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 picking that group of twenty year olds that was going to get massacred. Right. They wanted to make sure everyone was represented, and everyone was, and it was all inclusive, and that's and that's great, and that's probably how they should have done it, and that's probably why they did it that way. Because you <clears throat> okay. know. Yeah, that, that and that yeah. and that's where I'm coming from. I'm not gonna go ahead yeah. and say that the you know the the African American character was the 
there was the main reason everyone was there because he was the businessman and the other african-american was the loan officer because you know the african-americans were gentrifying this this small town right i don't think i bring it up just because like it's so the core and these kind of films are so fun and interesting and fucking weird because people will want to read these kinds of things there are films that are made uh that have engrossing subject matter that's meant to become part of a conversation or is at the forefront to to just lay bare our prejudices or our uh, deep-seated conflicts or unresolved issues with this or that socially culturally uh and so this being included it's like how much of it is it meant to be a conversation starter or is it meant to just be dumb set dressing that's just led to doing this? And it's like, if that's all it is, did it have to be done in that way? You know, as a filmmaker, every choice is intentional to include it or to do it a certain way. So you're kind of left not sure how to feel because, you know, is it an anti-gun movie? Uh, yeah. So the And then also, David Garcia, you can't say that it was his choices, right? He just showed up and shot the movie. Like the choices were made for him and he just showed up and he just showed up and shot the movie. So how much of this was, was maybe him trying to, you know, put some culture into the movie or how much of it was, it was just written that way. And that's how he did it. You know, for me, because the movie was not written well, uh, from a story perspective and it, didn't have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and a traditional climax and things like that. I would say that they were just set dressing. That's that's my yeah. guess. That's my guess. And anyone else who looks in, who who is looking for meaning, I don't know. They're just trying to have a race conversation or a gun conversation. Yeah, you know. that this movie wasn't trying to have. Or you know, that. you know, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, you know, th- that's fine. But Be- so. <laughs> and the last thing I'll add to it that is just the only thing I want to add is like the difficulty in that perspective because I agree I think it's just so interesting the difficulty that I could have if I wanted to care more or that some people would have is that there are groups that feel marginalized with certain lack of representation or certain portrayals of a, a group that if it's handled a certain way, they feel more left out or more antagonized or that it's targeted. And so because this film presents things but doesn't resolve things, you're left questioning like what to feel about it and the people that... Because I could see this movie as like being like pretty anti-Gen Z anti-millennial anti-influencer anti-social media group like all the characters that end up getting butchered i could see people that disagree with what those characters believe in Mm -hmm. as fully embracing this movie as like yeah i'd love to see a bunch of those fucking people just murdered sure because people feel that way and so to 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 kind of like have that ambivalence with that kind of subject matter i feel like it's it's a little bit I don't want to say dangerous because it is just a stupid fucking movie in the grand scheme of things, but right. it kind of is a little bit whenever you present those things and don't really handle it maturely or confidently or with a sense of 
purpose. Right, right. Well, okay. So, so what we have here though is is a villain who's mentally ill, mentally unstable, and essentially uh, from a long line of cannibals. Um, so, Kevin Smith, <laughs> uh, we'll might as well bring him up. Um, got in trouble for uh, with Glad in um, Jan Slob Bob Strike Back for some dialogue of Jay's that that the the LGBTQ community thought was anti-LGBTQ. And his argument was that Jay is the stupidest fucking character on the planet. Mm -hmm. If he says something, you're supposed to know that he's a moron and that what he says isn't real or true or anything. And everything he says is wrong. And you should yeah. believe the opposite because he's such an idiot. Um, so, you know, this guy kills indiscriminately. And, yeah, he uh, he shows up on the bus with a chainsaw and a dozen people pull out their phones and start filming it. Um, what Was there some catharsis uh, in, in this butchering of the of these you know gen zers or millennials whatever you want to call them uh, -huh. uh for me uh no uh, it was a little satisfying it, I, I would be yeah, lying if i said me, it wasn't <laughs> but, yeah but, but but i think for both of us what was so satisfying is that we both knew that they were just there to get fucked up oh and yeah just yeah fun yeah to yeah, finally yeah. see them yeah yeah happen. right sure but you okay, know so, the, the, the one so, line is like the one is like like you're canceled, bro. And then he just like then the then he's yeah, like, oh try shit. Any, he goes, try anything, you're gonna cancel. Yeah. And then he goes, oh shit. <laughs> and, then the, yeah. and then the chainsaw comes. Um, like it was. So okay, so let's uh, let's let's take off the all the saturated, gross, uncomfortable, weird, serious stuff. We're done. Let's yeah. talk about all the fun shit that happened. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like we have to drop it all. Any anyone who brings up any of that stuff is just looking for controversy in in. And they're trying to start an argument, or they're trying to to be edgy, or to take an edgy approach at at critiquing this film, which it definitely was not. Um, right. Yeah, this was a fun movie, uh, full of great, great, excellent gore, uh, and it was yeah. literally nothing it was more. So much fun. It was nothing more than that. Okay, so uh, what are your favorite? moments oh there are so like, there are so okay, many let's, let's, let's listen to a couple of the ones that are just awesome okay all right I, the, the first the way it starts first uh, okay it, the first kill first kill awesome oh so good okay so what do we have the the mom is having a heart attack so they throw her in the police van it's the sheriff the the main um uh, the main guy's wife or a fiance or whatever. Um, yeah, Ruth. So Dante's girlfriend, Ruth. Girlfriend, right? Ruth. Yeah. Um, and the deputy. and then the deputies in the back with Leatherface and Leatherface's mom, and she's dying of a heart attack, and they're driving her to the hospital. This is literally ten minutes into the movie, and in the t that ten minutes, all we have is the setup of the the. Dante bought this town with his friends and they're going to auction off all these buildings to yeah. their other rich friends and they're going to start a little commune of of young idealists. But in the conflict is that the mother 
uh supposedly has the deed he says no you don't like we bought all this she's like i have the deed and she flips out she's like she's all anxious and upset she's in flabber you know she has the heart attack leatherface is now distraught he's watching her because that's his world so that yeah yeah so they're in the van she dies and and you know like you're watching the movie this is like oh shit yeah and the deputy puts his arm out to do something He's and, he's fucking with the oxygen tank yeah, to try to get yeah. her to breathe because he doesn't understand yeah. or whatever and like it's not working so finally the deputy stop, is like she's, oh he's like gone, stop stop she's gone yeah Leatherface grabs his arm and snaps his arm in half and it was awesome <laughs> then he Stabs grabs him in the throat in the with, throat with the with bone his <laughs> <wrist>. <laughs> he goes break yeah uh, it was it was fantastic um. Then uh, the van crashes. Yeah, the deputy uh, oh, gets no. a shot off, and it shoots the... Uh, right, right. The deputy gets a shot off, it, shoot, it shoots the sheriff, and the van crashes. And the neck, crash, yeah. And then we get some... You know, we, we actually get a little tension here. Some pretty good of the of that anticipatory anxiety. While, uh, the you know, the, the Ruth kind of comes to, and she's got to be really quiet, but she's not really good at it. Um, she's making a lot of like wincing and whining as she's trying to not to breathe heavy, but she's breathing too loudly yeah. and, and you know it, you're like, you're not quiet enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Leatherface is, is, is occupied. He's got his mom. He's cutting her face off. You know, he's, he's... <laughs> <laughs> <You're so nonchalant. laughs> he like, he like holds it up in the sun, right? Puts it on his face, you know, makes himself look nice. Um, like, a, like a fruit roll up. Yes. Well, yeah. What I like, I like it. What he did with his mom, and we'll get back to that later because we get to see what he did with her After later. After the fact, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, really was kind of a neat, neat nod to the first movie. Right. Um. Okay. So, she's. Oh, oh. The, the first, the sheriff. The sheriff actually isn't dead. The shot like went through the side of his head. Yeah, he starts gurgling. He starts like, gurgling. He come. He so Leatherface comes over and kills the sheriff. Um, and she with, pretends to be asleep. She's like, she real quick. Yeah. She's like, oh, I'm sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> then she tries to get out, and of course, you know, we get a like a slow pan, and he's behind her, and yeah, and that's the end of Ruth, and 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 those. That kill was fine. It wasn't anything. It special. is pretty, but it was like it was. It was kind of like slow and brutal in the sense, like yeah, because right. like he just. It was just a shard. It was a shard glass, right? It was. A, I thought a, he had a knife. I it might have been a knife. Yeah. I don't was... know where. Yeah, because it was what he cut his uh, mother's face. Mother's off face with. off it was with. Right. Right. He stabs her, and then he kind of slides it across, and you can see it just like disemboweling yeah. her a little. Yeah. So it was pretty graphic. Very but then, graphic. then he like he lingers a moment, and he like fixes her hair. Yeah. Yeah, makes it was, her pretty. Makes her pretty. Well, it, it makes her pre- makes himself pretty is the, is the line all uh, for later. Um, okay, so what happens next? Uh, it the, just jumps back to the town. Mel- Melody and Dante get the bright idea to go through this woman's house since she's yeah. So let's she's, find the deed. So well, Ruth texted Melody that the old lady died. She's dead. Yeah. yeah. So so Dante and Melody are like, well, she's dead anyway. Let's just root through her stuff and find yeah. this find this deed. Um, and they again another reason to hate the characters. You should not be doing this. Yes, and they do find the deed. Um, and it, I think, indeed they do. Indeed, and I think Melody found it. So she's the Sorry. one. So she, 
as as the moral compass for the movie. She's the one who sure. finds the deed and, and and is very very upset. And now and now she's also justified in being super upset that they were even in there to begin with, and that the and that it's their fault that the woman had the heart attack and died. And she feels guilty, and she's yeah. getting the she wants to get the fuck out. Yeah, she's not wrong. Zoro Valla, that's genuine uh, character development, like yeah. realization of these events. Right. And then we get, of course, Leatherface comes home to find Dante. Yeah, he uh, is in the kitchen. He hears those pots rattling and he quiets them. And, and he sees Leatherface in the pan's reflection. Yeah, and in le- slit right across the something. We don't really know. He lands face down and blood everywhere, and that's... As far as we know, the end of him for now, but it was. And it's a really cool scene. Great. That's the thing. Like, this is one of the scenes that's. It's from time to time there are certain scenes that have great shot or composition. This one's a really kind of a classic composition where there's a swinging, uh, double swing, uh, kitchen door. Oh yeah. And it's like it's going back and forth where you just see a glimpse of what's happening and then it closes. And then a glimpse of what's happening. Really cool setup. It, you don't. It just alludes to what the carnage that's occurring in there, and you just get a little taste of it. Really cool, um, yep. little way that they shot that part with Dante. Yeah. So, um, uh, so. And so then, yeah, Melody. Melody, Melody gets runs stuck. Upstairs. Yeah, she's she, stuck she, upstairs. She gets under stuck bed, under a bed. Yeah, eventually, and uh, and Leatherface sits down at a mirror, and he starts putting makeup on his mom's face on top of his face, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, so, some time will pass. Where is everybody? Rick- uh, well, Jer- everyone's out of the thing. Richter has already uh, taken the keys from the... keys the... to the bus. Because they're like, hey, we just found out you don't might not actually own these this house, this lady's house, so we're going to wait till we figure it out. So all that's occurred. Um, people are still partying and shit, and I think... It started to rain already at this point. Dante stirs. He's not dead. Right. So Dante gets up. He gets up. up awesome. Awesome makeup. Road. Awesome makeup here. The cut was his face from lip yeah. to like the back to the top of the neck here. Yeah. Awesome makeup job. As he's like. It's like a big hatchet where it's dumbly, just like it's yeah. not completely severed. It's just hanging there. Yeah. Oh. Super screwed up. Excellent, excellent uh, effects there. Very unnerving, um, yeah. Yeah. He He's... sees uh, Catherine, which is the the investor, the banker, right? Uh, that helps set all this up, and uh, she, she, uh, so Richter's there too. I think too. even Lila sees him. Yep, at that yep. point, Richter's like, "Get to the bus, shut the door, don't open it, call the cops." And Richter goes back to the house, and he to... goes back to the house with his pistol. Yes, and. Uh... That doesn't work. He comes work. up the stairs. Doesn't work out yeah. for Richter. He goes to the bedroom. He Melody the bedroom. sees him go to the bedroom. Leatherface is hiding behind hiding, the door. Hiding behind the door. She she kind of adjusts the mirror so that Richter doesn't Can get surprised, him. which is cool. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a fight, but still not a lot of a fight because, no. you know, for a 75-year-old man, he's really strong. He's <laughs> yeah, just, taking care of a fucking 25-year-old stud yeah. uh, like Richter. Yeah. He's just the strongest. <laughs> so strong. Um, yeah. so he's, a, he's about to die and he cl- unclicks the keys 
because he's he's laying down, so he sees Melody down there, and he kind of yeah, he's he been just, hit with the sledgehammer. Like, oh, his his leg got obliterated. Oh yeah, that was great too. His leg was inverted. <laughs> yeah, fucking the uh, the arrival style with goddamn Charlie. Yeah, Sheen. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Um, and he kind of reaches out and dies. Um, I think he, well, uh, he reaches well, he get, out and then like the gets cracked in the head. Down. Yeah. He, uh, and and he makes hits... it more shocking for melody under the bed. Yeah. He crashes him in the head a couple times. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So melody so will then, then get the keys. She gets the keys and then, uh, Leatherface gets that sledge and uh, he's breaking down the wall. Right, he's breaking down the wall, and he breaks down the wall, and inside is the chainsaw. This is like, is this Legend of Zelda? Yeah. You gotta bomb the wall to uncover the sword? <laughs> like, yeah. what the well, fuck? Well, <laughs> he must have he put it in there. Um, well, I don't know. I, I couldn't, I wasn't focusing. It doesn't really matter. His mother said, don't go in my bedroom. Don't go in my room, yeah, yeah. It's like she knew what was there, and she wanted to have him not go back to his ways. I feel yeah. like that was the whole idea. She knows who he is. She's been hiding him. And you know, but you she know, didn't want him to go to the dark side again. What's crazy too is I. So I'm always trying to anticipate uh, the writing, and I was like, I was like, so when they when when he kills Dante, I'm like, I'm like, oh, she's gonna hide in her. She's gonna hide in the mom's bedroom. Because she told him not to go in there, he's not going to go in there. And and, right. I was, and I was like, I was like, I was like praying for like some actual like growth or humanity. No, no, like the the fact that she told him not to go in there doesn't even matter to the to the it movie really or the story. Like he just does whatever he wants, and and that's fine, whatever. But you know, I really was hoping for a little bit more. All I think it is is just saying like she knows, and it's just cluing in a viewer that might not know that she knows that she knows. Right. Exactly. I guess. Exactly. Uh, so she makes. So he gets uh, the chainsaw, and yep. he's refurbishing it. Yeah, Melody gets the <laughs> Melody gets the keys, and she's on her way down the stairs, and she makes a little creak, decides to turn around and look back, and oh, there he is, standing at the top of the stairs with yeah. the sledgehammer, <laughs> and he yeah, throws he's it. Been working on, yeah, and he <laughs> fucking nails her, clocks he just, her in the head. Whoo! It hits her. Yeah, hits her. Yeah. I think right, like right in the chest, and she. Well, Texas has a lot of those axe throwing uh, yeah, bars, yeah, you yeah. know, and so he probably practiced like throwing he's, weighted object like he's that. He's so good at throwing. Um, he uh, she hits <laughs> she she hits the she hits the floor so hard she goes through it, and yeah, and, and now Fucking, she get, uh, yeah. hair, <laughs> Marv style. Yeah, she's uh she home alone into the basement. Yeah, and now she gets to uh, she gets to hide uh, in between. This the This is one of the yeah. She's in the floorboards, the crawl space uh, between the foundation uh, and the piers that the house is built on. And this is a cool set, cool thrill where yeah. his chainsaw is now back up and running. It's back. He's and an ex- ex- excellent mechanic. Got that carb. Yeah, got got the, that dead chainsaw got, got from fucking decades old. And <laughs> and this chainsaw cuts more like a laser beam. Oh yeah, dude! It goes through a fucking eight by eight beam. Yeah, like butter. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, I was like, come on. 
<laughs> I was like, come on. Like, I, I, you know, I can suspend disbelief for a mentally unstable chainsaw murderer, but come on. You can't cut through that be that fast. <laughs> Give her a chance to get away. Give us some suspense. No, come on. No, they're just like, right. Oh, the suspense, Nate, was whenever she went behind a pipe and it yeah. couldn't go through it. No, it went straight through the pipe. It well... went straight through the pipe. <laughs> and that was another thing. Septic and sewage water oh, yeah. pours all over her head <laughs> and it's like what do you think that would stop another character from interacting with her closely uh no it's like it never happened because yeah. everyone's hugging her and smelling her fucking hair like yeah. it's not covered in shit yeah <laughs> like okay i know it's raining outside right. but she okay. still stinks Right, so the so the, yeah, so she she ends up next to a next Lila to a, a hatch her. that Lila yeah. pulls open and pulls her out of there, and they make it back to the bus. Yes. And this the I mean the, the bus scene is probably the main reason to watch this movie. Um, yeah. Because yeah. it's fan- it's pretty fantastic, and it goes. It's on. a party bus. Everyone's it's also been long. In there. They're continuing the party that they've been doing, drinking. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. perfectly illuminated and like. The blue light. So they get in just... there. They get in there. They got the keys. Melody's got the keys. Drive. Get the fuck out of here. Clearly, so... I like the blue light aesthetic. Like, yeah. this is what oh, I'm yeah. into. It. I, yeah. I was a fan of the fucking party bus. Yeah. I, I wanted to be on it. It was great. Uh, let's get the fuck out of here. So they're driving, and they hear this noise. It sounds like a chainsaw up against metal. <laughs> like, he's, like he's running it down the side of the party bus. And he's, like, running with it. And he's just... Chainsaw on the side of the road. Yeah. So the driver stops, and they're like, "What are you doing?" And he has no lines. What are you doing? He opens the door, grabs a flashlight, runs right out the bus. Where are you going? <laughs> the, he's not outside. Five seconds. Nothing happens. You hear, and then a head yeah. just gets thrown yeah. into in the open door because <laughs> they didn't it's even close so, the door. It was so it's fast. So brief, <laughs> so brief, so abbreviated that people are questioning like. Uh, usually chainsaws are loud. I didn't even hear a chainsaw. And it's like, there was a sound, but it was for a fucking half a second. And then his head gets thrown in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, So... (laughs) They all run up to the top. Yeah, they scream. They run into the back. And um, they're hiding. The Melody and Lila, or Lily, uh, are hiding in the back. And then he walks onto the bus with his chainsaw. And this is where we get the infamous... Uh, you know, it's been, it's been out for a week, five days. So the scene's already infamous. <laughs> the, they, uh, you know, a dozen kids hold up their phones, uh, start recording, and uh, the one guy's like, you know, one wrong move and you're canceled, bro, or some, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> try anything yeah. and you're canceled. And, um, and then he starts cutting these guys up. And then up. he starts the saw. Yeah. And then yeah. he's like, oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Crow. And he's live streaming it. <laughs> Now oh. there's a cool little Easter oh, egg. Yeah, Did yeah, you yeah. Notice any the, of the Easter eggs? Yeah, the, the text. Chat? Yeah, the chat text. Yeah. This looks so fake. <laughs> yeah. Though one of the one of the uh, people that are commenting is uh, the director of the movie. It's oh. A cute, it's a cute little oh, okay. Easter egg. Uh, yeah, David uh, Blue Arcia's name is one of the things. I can't remember what his comment. But it's something just like a little quippy. I think he might have, might have been the one about it being fake. Yeah, this looks so fake. Uh, and that one was who, like, or is, yeah, is or this even real? This. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then one, the only other one I noticed was a uh, bad ombre six 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 six, 
and Bad Ombre is one of the uh, production companies associated is, with the film, yeah, too. Is, yeah, is the, yeah, the main Just a, a neat little nod. Yep. Uh, so but cool. Yeah. yeah. And he just, he, he just starts, cut, he just starts cutting people up and, and it's awesome. Like all these kills are cool. Like he gets the one guy chainsaws in the gut, brings him up to the ceiling. He cuts, uh, uh, uh the banker tries to go out the window and she cut, he cuts her right down the waist and her front half falls yeah. out and her back half is still in the bus. And then their intestines yeah. like are sliding on the open window. Um, excellent kills here. Melody and uh, Lily uh, escape to the bathroom, where they yeah they, they look up right, and like, there's this a... is the worst spot. They yeah. didn't know that that roof hatch was there. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. All these windows should have quick release escape windows yeah. for any event, where, and where's... no one can fucking figure them yeah. out. And and the 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 you know the concert uh, rush the stage level fury of these kids on the back door won't let them open the escape. The, like the the quick hatch back door because that should open okay. out too there's no reason that that should not have been opened like it's, even it's e- yeah yeah but that's i okay. think it might have just been a window up there but it doesn't matter like yeah they, they, they can't operate them yeah um plus they're drunk i mean you know yeah so he kills everybody on the bus when everybody when <laughs> there's no one left he goes for the bathroom um lily's already made it up and uh Melody's like, he's gonna kill me. It's gonna be okay. Just run. <laughs> yeah. Or, or maybe she no. says that. Maybe she says that later. There's a lot of moments uh, between Melody and Lily like that in this movie. Now, here is a fair point to say because the next potential kill is a character that we have not even fucking introduced yet. Oh, also, quick uh, little sidebar. She buys a. Uh, a chainsaw corkscrew at the gas station at the beginning of the movie. Uh, also, I'd like to point out that there's a formula to these movies, and yeah, Student Bodies did, Body did a great job of following it. Where was the harbinger? There was no harbinger in this movie. That gas station attendant should have warned those kids not to go into that town. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Chris that would have Tom- just made him want to go into the, yeah. the town even more. Chris Thomas Devlin, you wasted opportunity, bud. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Lily's on top of the bus. Melody is down, and she's cutting through the door. He, she takes out that, uh, that corkscrew, stabs him, I think, in the arm, and that yeah. gives her the opportunity to also escape. And uh, now they are the only two to have survived the bus massacre. Ruth's dead. Dante's dead. Richter's dead. I think it's just Everybody them. but them is dead. Everybody but them. And the Except... character that we haven't mentioned yet. <laughs> and weird. Why would we not mention this character? Huh. Maybe because it's so fucking unnecessary for this character to be even in this to movie. even exist. Exactly. The only reason this character is in this movie is to try to give more credence or importance to this movie being real. It's the such, it's the, so it's so unnecessary and the wrong way to include a legacy character to validate your film. This is not how you handle a legacy yeah. character. So Sally, er, Sally Hardesty, the survivor slash final girl of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, has become a like a park ranger kind of character over the years. 
hunting relentlessly Leatherface, according to the Texas local le- the a uh, Texas Ranger, sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, forest ranger in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> All them forests down there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So she and according to local legend, she's been hunting Leatherface ever since. Um. She she gets word of some dead bodies in Harlow. From the gas attendant. From the gas station attendant. He and, he hears it on the CB. Right. From the cops where someone's dies, and he calls her. She finds she finds the she, van crash, which is where she finds the mother staged, yes. faceless, with the sunflowers in the red polka dot dress. Um, oh, again, sunflowers. The scene with him popping his fucking head up in the sunflowers. One hundred percent unnecessary stupid why why is he crouching and then standing up and looking for half a second like it's it's just for a poster it's just for a trailer yeah but it's stupid yeah and they could have used it in the poster in the trailer and still kept it out of the movie. just don't do it in the movie yeah it doesn't have to be in the movie why do you do the shot in the movie it's stupid it yeah i when i saw that i was like why was he crouching yeah like what's he crouching from (laughs) he should have just been walking like the whole time (laughs) Like he's like breaking the fourth wall. Like, oh, hey like, there. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. It's it's Leatherface. It's me, Leatherface. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. It's me, Leatherface. <laughs> so she she shows up. They're running. They're running in the rain, and she shows up in her awesome SUV, and they hop in the back, and they're like, "Get the fuck out! Let's go! Let's get the fuck out of here!" And she's like, "I ain't going nowhere till I kill this Leatherface. Yeah. I'm locking Sorry. you. I'm locking you in my car." You won't be able to get on with your life knowing that he's out there. So I gotta end it. I gotta end it. And she doesn't. Yeah. She she is ended. She is ended. And this is super gratifying. Well, it's kind of dumb and funny. I I don't know. I mean, she's like provoking him. She's shooting him from afar. And I think she gets a hit or two. Yeah. Uh, And she's like laughing. Ah. Well, all right. But then he, he... he like runs off and hides in an alley, and you hear him rev, yeah. rev, rev, rev. Yeah. She's getting closer and closer, which was the mistake, obviously. Right. She gets closer and closer, and he just runs out, and he's holding the chainsaw like center mass, and she shoots. She gets like two shots off. They both hit the chainsaw. Yeah. And he just runs her right up the right up the stomach, and then like throws her off of the end of his chainsaw into the, into the into the garbage. And he's revving that fucking thing for a couple seconds. Oh, yeah, yeah. He revs it for and, a and, while. And then, and then he launches her yeah. into that pile of trash. Into a pile of Again, trash bags. Superhuman strength. Yeah. Uh, it was just like the scene in uh, Halloween Kills. Michael is breaking out of Strode's house, and the firefighters are there. Yeah. He picks up the one with the thing, and it's yeah. like, okay, is this, this is not something that all slasher guys have to do now. Like, it's like the new yeah. death. It's a it's a good kill. I mean, it's yeah. good. It's good. I, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it, 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 yeah. Yeah. It, it's a trope for a reason. Right. So, amazing character introduced and seemingly just written off. Written off almost almost immediately. So the girls uh, get out of the car somehow. I don't know. They 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 definitely. I feel like they were definitely locked in. Maybe they were just you know not. Yeah, I out. can't remember. But they get out. Well, they or get... no, maybe this is where they try to run them over. And oh he yeah, yeah. A chainsaw, and they only clip them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they crash, and she's yeah. got the 
so Melody was driving. She's got a rebar the, in yeah, her thigh now. Something, yeah. And uh, and Ly- Lily. Telling Lila to run. Lily, uh, Lily to run. Is it Lily or Lila? What it, on the credits, it's oh, it's Lila. It's Lila. But yeah, she's like, look, he's gonna come kill me. You need to run. You need to run. So this, so she runs. Um, he, he does kind of go after her though, and then, or no, this this happens later. So she does run. Oh right. He goes to kill Melody. This is where Lila comes out with the AK. Click, nothing happens. Now he's chasing Lila. Melody presumably escapes or dies. We don't know. Because um, she has one of those heroic comebacks later. Um, which we're about to see because he's about to kill Lila and... What's her nuts? Uh, Sally. <laughs> Sally. Sally has her heroic comeback at this moment where she shoots him from her half-dead state, reloads the shotgun once, and tosses it to Lila. Yeah. Um, Now, Lila definitely shoots that thing more than once, uh, so who knows how guns work. Um. Oh, okay. But, yeah, either way, so, like, yeah, he's now wounded to some extent but now she has a shotgun she has a shotgun and uh he he follows her into some building theater it's a movie theater the movie theater yep and does she she follow him or does he follow her oh yeah she follows him she she ran away after that shot from right from the shotgun i think right she follows him she follows him and there's a pool of water he he baits her yeah oh right with the running, the running chainsaw, yeah. yeah. The chainsaw is running. I'm like, this she... guy's mentally not like. I don't. He doesn't do this. Yeah. This doesn't seem uh, canon to his character and what he does, but uh, whatever. He baits her, and yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so she sees that. <gasps> oh no! And he comes out of nowhere and tackles her into the water. Uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. To which she actually gets out first. Maybe he grabs yep. her and tries to pull her back in. Yeah. And that's when we get the triumphant return of Melody, who now has the shotgun, which was dropped when she was tackled. Boom, boom. Yeah. Shoots him twice. Lila picks up the shot or picks up the chainsaw, uppercuts him with it. Hit yeah. just hits his chin. Just hits yeah. his chin. Uh, knocks him into the water and he sinks, presumably, to his death. Um, really unfortunate. Like I guess they couldn't, and it didn't make sense. But I was expecting to see the leather face float to the top. Yeah, that would have been cool. Like, yeah, like it, but but it makes sense why it didn't. But I feel like it should have because I mean, he didn't stitch the fucking thing to his face. It's just sitting there. Right. It's, it's not going to stay on his face when water comes in contact. <laughs> so it's it's morning, and before we uh, go over this next scene, we should mention that... Dawn. It's the dawn it's, well, it's of dawn. a new day. Yeah, and a they, new day. they have survived an ordeal. Yes. And we should mention this... that on their way to this town, um, they used autopilot on their car. Right, the because Tesla. Because the, the autopilot um, actually matters. Um so this was a really fun surprising twist that i did not see coming in this way i i agree i totally agree 
So they set the course for, for home. They set the autopilot. The Lila is actually in the driver's Lila's seat. In Melody's the driver's in the passenger seat. seat but the they're both seat. of their windows are rolled down because it's hot as hell and it's Texas. The car just starts to roll when Melody gets pulled out of the front seat, grabbed by the hair, and he cuts her head off with the chainsaw and just holds the head, staring at the car driving away. Yeah. Um, and Lila's because, in the moon, sunroof, moonroof, looking yeah, back and watching it all happen just, instantly, just like that. Yeah. And just like and yeah, she's, she's screaming, she's crying, yep. and she's driving away with the autopilot, and that's credits. It was a it was a nice ending. Like yeah, I you know I was fine with the Melody character dying. Uh, actually, I would have been fine with Lila dying too. It yeah, honestly, either or. I, honestly, it didn't matter. Um, you know, obviously set up for a sequel. Right. Um, you know the Lila character probably better. Uh, better for a revenge scenario with her, with her PTSD, uh, you know. Right, which which I don't think they can even fucking address. It. Like it's just it has to yeah, be as if yeah, it never yeah, happened. Yeah. Like if they're uh, well, gonna do another one, like that doesn't exist. Like, well now really, it... but just like what's the fucking point? Right. What what like more time can't transpire. It's gonna have to be like really quick. Like they're talking about wanting to do a. I don't see how. Like, what are you gonna do? It just well, yeah. What is like this had reason as to why this these events occurred. Like, there even if it's yeah. relatively flimsy. Uh, I mean, okay. The se- the sequel is like, uh, the military goes in there and like <laughs> they kidnap. They just like grab this guy. Like, I mean, he you know he killed twenty four people. Like, yeah, maybe yeah, because it's like, yeah, there's <laughs> only a handful of them, but then probably like two dozen maybe people that were just murdered yeah yeah so you know there's no way he escapes uh whatever uh law enforcement response is is taken right so so how how is there a sequel but that's what's so stupid like it he's not supposed to be a supernatural fucking being like michael myers he's human he's a cannibal he's touched in the head yeah. But, like, there's nothing else. Like, and this movie nullified all that and made him, like, a different. Yeah. And so, it, whatever it is, like, it's like you got to come up with some other kind of reason to have him in another environment where there's a bunch of victims that he can just right do whatever to. Or maybe she just leaves and doesn't want to think about it, and this event occurs, and now he lives at a homestead, and someone's just going to come across the homestead, and it's just an unknowing confrontation with him at his home with some like the first one where they just didn't know any better and were being naive and knocking on a door that they shouldn't have knocked on yeah I'd, i don't know i don't know if any of that makes any sense <laughs> yeah, it doesn't yeah i yeah I've it seen, doesn't make so... sense for them to have done this one the way that they did no 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 that's true that's true so a sequel i think uh, becomes even more forced um and probably even less, uh, you know, less intact. Um, as Here's the tricky was. thing, too, about Netflix releases is, like, uh, they keep the the views and what they're making very closeted for the most part. You don't really know what is going on as far as view count and what they put into versus what they're receiving from. It's, you can't, sure. it's not public type information, so is there... 
money or is there a need to do it? Is this helping get viewership to Netflix for whatever reason? Right, right. I don't know. All right, so to score it, um, just like I gave Student Body a 5, which became a 6 due to a handful of of things that I really enjoyed, um, mainly to do with the writing, um, I'm going to give Texas a 5, but then I'm going to upgrade it to a 6 for its, for its outstanding, outstanding gore and kills. So Yeah, I mean, it's so, tough for me because... Like I can't give it a seven. No. Like it's and and it's not garbage enough to deserve less than a five or even really. So I give it a six just because the way that I I the way that I balance things out. Yeah. To me, it's it's yeah, it, the six it's, is a fair score. Yep. Both movies solid sixes. <laughs> but but they, like but... within each of those, there's a spectrum. I would I would watch this again versus Student Body. Uh, right. Uh, well, I would I would actually watch neither of them again. <laughs> um, but yeah, but if you're looking if, at two of them, you're gonna I, watch this probably more likely again than you would to watch that again. Uh, if you had to watch, if you had to watch one of them again, which one right. is it gonna be? Are, are you ready? Are you ready? If I have to watch one of them again, I'm again by myself. I'm watching Texas. If I have to watch one of them again with uh, a friend or a group oh, of people okay. that I'm showing a movie to. I'd show them student body before I'd show them Texas. I'd tell them to go watch okay. Texas, Texas on their own time. <laughs> <laughs> you elitist bastard. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, we got into a lot with this. It's it's a it's that kind of a thing. It's just weird. Like there's it's so odd what they did and what they didn't do. But I think that this guy, the way that he dressed this be up, the script was what it was, the screenplay was what it was. It was already in motion with what they were going to be able to, to achieve or to shoot or to do. And I feel like the way that it was composed and created was pretty tight. It looked good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as directing, cinematography is concerned, yeah. I mean, the guy delivered. Um, you can't blame him. I, I, you know, I have to blame the screenwriter on this one. Um, and, and probably the producer, whoever, was like, yes, let's make this movie. I love the script. Let's do it. Um, I'd blame those two guys before I'd blame anybody else. Um, yeah. You know, you can't blame the actors. Everybody, everybody did what their job. Um, yeah, there wasn't uh, anyone that I thought was like a guard character. Yeah. I really like. Yeah, I really liked uh, Richter, um, Lila. Mel I thought Melody was was good. Yeah, it's um, too bad that Richter was so underutilized. If he had more going yeah. on, it was pretty nice. Yeah, he was he uh, was actually really interesting as a character, like because uh that's one scene he gets with Lila where he actually has like this this like emotional connection to yeah. her when she reveals that she was a, a school shooting victim. Yeah, he's kind of like, "Oh, fuck, yeah, you dealt with some shit that I can't even imagine." And he right. like he understands that. Right. It's kind of it's kind of screwed up that they uh, handle him the way that because yeah he was sort of like a an interesting redeeming character that you would have liked to have seen at least fight to the end. Right, right, yeah, yeah. He he definitely should have gone later. Like I understand he had the keys and there had to be a way for them to get the keys back, but uh, I don't know. Like he yeah. could he could have survived a little bit longer. He also he also would have aided in their survival. Because right. of his, uh, you know, presumed 
abilities as you know this redneck with a gun <laughs> right so may, maybe that's yeah. uh subverting your expectations and it's smart you know, oh, maybe yeah, that's, yeah. That's... that's elevated horror <laughs> this is not <laughs> elevated horror. <laughs> oh my god uh yeah so i mean overall you know it's in the five six range which is go watch these two movies um you probably won't watch them twice <laughs> you probably won't want to watch them a second time but they're definitely worth it yeah and i think that it's really fun because they both have aspects and especially texas where there's like we did tonight there's so many interesting things to talk about whether you're laughing at it or questioning it or making it i feel like things like this kind of make you um reaffirm or solidify your opinions and your beliefs or your expectations or your desires for how they're handled it kind of like it they help guide you and establish the boundaries of what you think is good art in the genre and that's refreshing to see sometimes because it allows you to process what you expect and what you want out of the things that you're into you know every horror film that you see ends up solidifying or defining for yourself what it is that you're into and for that alone i think it's worthy to watch a lot and for these especially yeah to watch watch both these films yeah yeah uh so what did we uh did we make a decision on next week so for next next week i don't think we <sighs> confirmed uh i really i'm leaning towards wanting to go see the cursed in theaters the new oh, werewolf the cursed yep i kind of want to see that i don't know if i have another feature to go alongside it there are you know whether because we've had a good run of really cool double features that are relevant both yeah I, especially the last the last two weeks i think we got really lucky yeah um so i don't know if we can do it with the cursed i mean we talked about come true and uh possibly seeing uh titan but uh i don't know we're talking about it at least you know oh we do have uh all the moons oh right uh, yeah, that, was that that vampire movie so if we're and uh the cursed is werewolf we could do a vampire Ooh. werewolf but vampire werewolf double feature yeah yeah that suits that could be good all right so let's try that let's try what did we say the cursed Mm-hmm. And, all, and the moons. all the moons. Now we do have to. Now, while you mentioned this before, uh, both the battery and after midnight were more like human dramas with horror elements. I do think that at least one of these might lean that way. Oh sure, sure. Not that uh, that stops us, but you know, all the moons I thought might have been more in that vein. Right, right. Pardon the pun. Yeah. <laughs> well, we also do have uh, Dogs and Dawn of the Beast. Those are both new. Uh, dogs. Dogs was a Cannes Film Festival choice at 2016. Looks, It's Romanian import. And Dawn of the Beast looks terrible. Oh, it's a Bigfoot movie. So it's definitely bad. Mm. <laughs> there have been a handful of good ones that I actually. I, I mean, I did like uh, Bobcat Goldwaite's um, found footage. Oh yeah, I didn't see that. I, I enjoyed it. Was that. Good though. 
Actually, this one has crazy good ratings. Dawn of the Beast. Is it on a streaming platform? Yeah, it's on Shutter. I was just checking the newly added. Oh, sure. Dawn of the... <sighs> the cover looks like dog shit. Yeah, right. That's what I, <laughs> I, that's what I thought. The Wendigo? Is a movie it called says the it's, it, No. It's uh, The Wendigo is in Dawn of the Beast. It, I'm on IMDb, and now I'm kind of frustrated a little bit, but like, that's what they are touting. A potential oh. Wendigo is in that movie. Oh, because they're looking for Bigfoot, and it's a Wendigo. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, I'll just rewatch Antlers. <laughs> All right. So we're definitely going to try to watch The Cursed. And yeah. we'll let you know. We'll, we'll let you know what our second movie is. <laughs> yeah. All right. This is our longest episode ever. Um, with that, uh, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, follow us on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Um, I think that's all we're really rocking these days. Yeah. Um, check out Rod's T-shirts on Etsy. Actually, I should point to him that way. Okay. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> yeah Alberto Necti so yeah we've been making a lot of teas that are relevant to the films that we're trying to keep things that are topical uh, and just fun because we love the genre and I love having t-shirts from all the things that I've seen we both like to collect that kind of stuff you obviously have a lot of memorabilia and so yes, this I is do. just one other thing so. I do we should do a memorabilia episode where uh, we maybe do one Ooh, movie and then we just, talk, yeah. we just talk about our, our, our cool stuff. Um, all right. Thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in uh, tonight. Uh, Student Body, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Re Requill, uh, definitely both worth watching uh, for the podcast for the recently deceased. I'm Nate Roberts. I'm Rodney Godek. And we'll see you next week.